Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to beautiful Monday afternoon. The time is one minute past three. My name is Rosie Mutena, aka the Afro Yiddish Princess, and welcome to my show called Pan African Connect, where we connect to beautiful people all around the continent, east, west, central, everything that has to do with Africa, whether it's about tradition, cultures, music, careers, or just our, our pure love for this continent. Today, we're going to be looking at Portuguese speaking Africa. Focusing on two main regions, Angola, the rise of Angola in the last five to ten years is phenomenal, not only on the entertainment front, on the economic front, what they're doing, the international projects that are coming in. And then we're also going to be, be, be going to Mozambique and looking at the music scene. And I'm going to have two hot, gorgeous people in the studio with me. I've got Weather Solange. And of course, if you want to go to my Facebook page, you can see her gorgeous picture. And then also DJ Voodoo SA, who's from Mozambique, going to be speaking from, from that point of view. But before we get into that, we've got to start with this. Yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is Black and Jewish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish Yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is Black and Jewish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish Yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is My nose and ass, they're both big Yeah, uh-huh, screaming fuck a hater Sipping old E at my Passover Seder Reppin' for my parents when you see me, you know Yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is My nose and ass, they're both big 
hater Sippin' Hennessy in my pants all the Seder Reppin' for my parents when you see me you know everything Black and Jewish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish I put it down, got a star David in my grill Black and Jewish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish Five minutes past three. Welcome to my show, Pan-African Connect. My name is Rosie Mutena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. If you want to give us a shout, the number is 0861-555-189. Of course, I'm on Twitter, uh, PrincessRTM, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So today on Pan-African Connect, we're going to be looking and talking to two phenomenal people from the continent who represent Portuguese-speaking Africa. From Angola, we have Weza Solange. How are you, baby? It's only a pleasure. And then my long time buddy, and I'm going to tell you why it's a long time, because we <laughs> literally started from the bottom to here. <laughs> um, my good friend, Michael, how are you doing, darling? I'm great, sir. AKA a- a- uh, uh, DJ Voodoo SA. That's right. Excellent. So let's start with you, Wizard. Uh-huh. Angola. You were brought up. When did you? When did you actually come to South Africa? Like I've been in South Africa since my high school days. I know yeah. a lot of people thought I only came through after Big Brother, but no, I finished my high school here in South Africa. Yeah. Then I did my university here, two degrees. Only then did I go into television. Oh wow! So I've been here for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So you you literally South African? Exactly. <laughs> You're South African with a sexy accent. <laughs> and what, what did you study? Uh, I studied marketing. I studied marketing and business management always loved marketing yeah and it incorporated really well when i decided to go into television yeah which happened by mistake but it has been working out pretty good so <laughs> those ones always help exactly what was the mistake I mean, I remember when I started working on TV, I just wanted an extra gig in order to be able to pay for my university fees. I wanted to help out my mom. And I liked it. I liked it. And I started getting more offers. I felt that I was good at it. Mm -hmm. I started practicing and becoming better and putting more work into my craft and next thing I know yes I was still using marketing but that was to market the career that I decided to take which was on television so you know what I like what you said is that a lot of people when they come into this industry they just think well you need to have a good body and absolutely not and the (laughs) fact that you're putting your effort into the craft and I mean what 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 advice could you give to somebody who who also thinks along those lines not definitely you have I, I actually wanted to study because I know the television in my mind in the beginning I thought that television is not going to last for too long yeah. I also thought that yes well, once you're young and beautiful it does make it easier mm. but as you grow older you need something to fall back on yeah. I never thought that my fall back on would still continue to be in television in thoughts of production and so forth which my business management degree is coming very handy yeah. but the education is what has maintained me on a stable and constant part yeah. so definitely you need that business mind. You need that education because there's so many crooks out there. I yeah. know that the only reason I didn't get hustled a lot of the times is because I went back to the principles of, wait a second, something just feels <laughs> wrong here. Yeah. And that is stuff that I was learning during college, during my marketing and my business mm. yeah, classes. But, I mean, being in a, in a foreign country at a very uh. young age... 
What were the challenges? Oh my gosh. Number one, it was the language. Mm. And language is an incredible barrier because even when people speak the same language, they misunderstand each other yeah. so much. Yeah. Now imagine when nobody can understand what it is that you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's laughing. <laughs> and, and the culture, the culture was extremely different. I mean, I had never been exposed to so many cultures within one country. And yeah. then... Being on television, when I entered, I realized that it was a clique, basically. Mm -hmm. It was a very small circle that was not very happy in allowing new people in. <laughs> Especially this gorgeous bombshell exactly. from, from Angola so, coming The one with in. the voice. With the accent. Voice. It was like, ah, where's the girl? <laughs> and, and I understand. And that happens in every single country. I feel like television is a kind of industry. It's a tight-knit community. Yeah. And they're not into letting new people in. Yeah. So not only was I new, but I was from a different country. I could not speak the same language. All that became a problem. Mm -hmm. But I love taking challenges like that and just seeing how far I can go. And and amongst all the challenges, I can still say that South Africa has been extremely welcoming to me. Yeah. I know a lot of other countries. I know that it wouldn't be as easy in Angola, for example. You're going wow. to Angola and not speaking Portuguese yeah. or speaking Portuguese with an accent and being able to work in some of the places where I worked, it wouldn't have been as easy. So I was definitely very blessed in the, sen mm. in the sense. Yeah. Well, that's good to know and also quite heartening to know. But growing up, I mean, it takes a certain type of a character a person yeah. to come and actually, you know, many people, guys and girls, are like, "Oh, bugger this! I'm going back. Yeah. To, I'm going back to, I'm going <laughs> exactly. back to mommy's cooking and things exactly. like that." Exactly. Uh, well, first of all, how, how were you brought up that you that you have this this zest and this and this yeah. and this belief in yourself? I think that it definitely it was my growing up that contributed. I I was the only girl. I was surrounded by guys growing up, so I was always surrounded by very strong male figures mm -hmm. that encouraged me to to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. And there were, I, I always knew that I had protection around yeah, me. Yeah. Even though I grew up in Angola in a time when there was war, in a time where there was so much conflict, mm -hmm. I always saw people around me fighting for what they believed in. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? And that kind of became engraved in me, knowing that no matter where I went, I knew that I could make it. I mean, because of the war in Angola, my dad flew me off to Portugal. So that is where I was doing my education. Wow. So already at a very young age, I was forced to leave my parents, go to a country where we spoke with the same language, but there was incredible racism. Well, yeah, I was just going to get yeah. to that. I mean, so how did I you had to deal that? with that. I was the only black kid in school mm. in a time where the kids were racist because they saw their parents being racist. Mm -hmm. So there was just doing what they felt was natural. Well, it was like like what uh, growing up in apartheid. Absolutely. Like people just used words and exactly. said things because that's what they were exactly. told. And in the beginning, in the beginning I did feel in, 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 I, I felt very overwhelmed not mm -hmm. having my parents there, not having somebody to go and cry to when I felt I was being bullied, but I learned very fast to just get over it. Yeah, you, 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 I suppose you develop a thick skin. Exactly, you do. You develop a thick skin, and I think that that is why I have such a big mouth because from a very young age, <laughs> <laughs> from a very young age, I learned to defend myself mm -hmm. and I learned that you will only be bullied if you allowed yourself to be bullied. So once I found out that the minute that you answer back and that you show that you're not intimidated mm. the, the bullies actually become the cowards and I'm like okay yeah. that that has been taking me from childhood to mm. to my teens to my that is what has been carrying me everywhere that I go you can throw me anywhere yeah. and somehow thank God I'm just able to adapt yeah. 
And I always manage to find myself surrounded by the right people that will give me the right advice. And, mm. and, and that is how I move forward. Yeah. But, uh, you know, touching on the... Nobody really has spoken about the level of racism. I mean, we knew yeah. that it was happening in Portugal. Yeah. But, I mean, your parents sent you there. You were obviously put into a boarding school. Yeah. What were, Was there also the level of racism that went up in terms of the teachers or your matrons? Yes, because the, che- the teachers were just not used to having a black kid in school. Wow. And the thing is that the only reason that I was in a good school is because my dad worked in government. He had the means to send me outside. So it wasn't very common to see black kids having the same level as of yeah. education as your middle-class white kids, you yeah. know? Yeah. So the teachers... They did not know how to act. They also knew that as a black kid, they were used to treating black kids like, you know, the poor black kids, you know, mm-hmm. how you feel sorry for them and so forth. Mm-hmm. So now how do we deal with this little girl? They did not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't really be feeling sorry for her. She's dressing just like the other kids. Yeah, she's a princess. She, you know, she's a little princess. So, and somehow I don't think if they realize it or not, they wanted me still to be in that mentality where I was supposed to be grateful mm. kind of do you understand exactly it goes back to that stigma of like well she's from africa you know and, mm. and the, the whole stigma of well, africa's just about starving children and flies absolutely, running around food. absolutely yeah. i'm like listen at the end of the day i just want to come here and get my education my dad knew more than seven languages he was more he was very serious about all his children getting the right education mm-hmm. he believed that only with the right education were we going to be able to go back and change a country that at the time was going through so much turmoil so so i took that with me so whoever even as a child i felt was threatening me being able to make my dad proud i would lash out because i'm like hey this is not about you you know i've got a bigger thing to do even as a child i had that sense of i have a certain responsibility yeah and the problem is that then you go back to angola you have now a portuguese accent which is different from the angolan accent (laughs) so now your people are just like oh aren't you a coconut like you can't win anyone (laughs) I'm too black in Portugal I'm too white in Angola I'm like what the You know it just becomes Oh lord That is why I just learned to adapt Wherever it is that I was And I learned that home is literally where your heart is And I can make myself at home anywhere I literally can Because I had to I had to from the age of 7, 8 years old I had to learn how to do that And to fend for myself And I didn't want to be that whiny kid Because I knew that my mom and dad already had too much to think about So I learned how to solve my problems Bottle them up Do whatever I need to do Just to keep on moving To survive Exactly And to survive And and that kind of contributed to the strong character That I have today You mentioned that you know home is where the heart is Did you come from a a typical traditional home I mean your father yes he believed in education But was he very strict He was incredibly strict My dad was a command of police in Angola So he was (laughs) He was one of the people that founded the police force In Angola He was incredibly strict I was lucky because I was the girl I was the only girl Mm. But I remember my brothers at the age of 14 They came home with a pissed year My dad threw them in jail And and they only came out once the hole closed. So he was that kind of a father. Like, 
lead by example. It was that kind of a thing. He was extremely overprotective. And I remember having to go to school, having guards with AK-47s. And, and that is how we were playing, having people with guns around us. And it was never normal. You would, kids knew that there was a sense of, I am not savior. Why is this person carrying this big gun? Even to class. I remember going to class, my grade one and grade two, the guard would be outside of the door with a gun. And the kids didn't want to play with me because they knew like this kid, if we bully her. <laughs> you should have taken him to Portugal with you. <laughs> I wish I could have taken him to Portugal. That was going to make my life easier. But he was... Okay, we grew up in a household where you have all meals at home. We grew up in a household. My stepbrothers had to call my mother mom because she's the one that brought him up. Absolutely. And it, very good manners, everyone being polite to everybody mm. else. And he was, he, he really wanted a traditional household because he knew that everything outside of that yeah. was anything but traditional. Mm. So he was trying to keep a sense of family because everyone was forever all over the place, wherever it is that he felt we would be protected. Yeah. So whenever we were all together, we still had to know that there was a head of the house that was in charge of everything and was there to keep us safe and make sure that yeah. things will still go according to plan, even though it seemed like it wasn't. Yeah, but you see, that's, that's beautiful because I think where a lot of the family dynamics have disappeared in, across cultures right. is that if you don't have that heart, first of all, the number one of knowing about who you are. Exactly. So that root, so mm-hmm. it, whether it's Portuguese, whether it's Christian, whether yeah. it's South Africa, it's yeah. something that you can go back to. Absolutely. You know, nobody can take away your education or yeah. what you believe in your heart. Yeah, that is so, true. You know, that, that's incredibly powerful. And I suppose it, it, it prepared you for the bullies in Portugal it and the did. bullies in South in Africa. Africa. And, and you became a model. I mean, we, and we know where <laughs> those bullies were on another level. <laughs> You but know, before we go on, let's let, let's start we, we ignoring our male counterpart oh, yes. here. How are you company. doing today, my darling? I am perfect. Well, much better now that I'm with all these beautiful ladies. <laughs> you literally are surrounded by four women in the studio. It's fantastic. <laughs> so tell us your journey. I mean, uh, in the beginning of the show, I said that you and I go back a long way. And my first house that I ever bought was in the same complex where Michael stayed. And we're oh. talking about... Maybe Ooh. 15, 15, 17 years pretty ago. Pretty much, yeah. yes, yeah, pretty much. And pretty much. we used to both, both drive our little Tazzers. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wave each other, never ever spoke. And then later on in love, I was like, hey, I remember you. You're my neighbor. Because, oh, I've been watching you. I'm like, I'm watching you too, you know. Oh, so. I had a little crush, though. I just couldn't <laughs> say it. This creepy little neighbor, you know. Um, my journey, um, originally from Mozambique, um, at the age of one, we... the same sort of scenario with uh, Weza with the war turmoil in Mozambique. Mm-hmm. We ended up moving to Swaziland. So I pretty much grew up there till about, uh, did my primary school there. Then in 1996, I came through to, through to South Africa, did my high school here, mm-hmm. Parktown Boys. And um, yeah, that's pretty much when we sort of met. Yeah. Yes. And uh, here I am. And and your because your your main focus now is is your music. That's right, music and, and production. Music yes. and production. Let's let's start with the music. I mean, where did that? Did you always have a love for it? Did you did you uh, were did you come from a family that 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 played music, musical instruments? Where did where did the love actually come from? That passion. Well, it was actually kind of a um, a nice uh, how do I put it? A nice uh, joint venture of everything. Mm. Um, Musically, my family's uh, quite big into it. My uncle was a, was a jazz musician. My cousin was a producer. Mm-hmm. And always as a kid, um, well, what a lot of people don't know, while I lived in Swaziland, um, my mom used to travel. She was very young, so she had to sort of make means for me to actually like go to school. So mm-hmm. I, um, I ended up 
being taken under the wing of our sports teacher, uh, Mr. Platt, who I call dad, who is actually a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it was very sort of strict there, very, very sort of strict rules. Uh, He was a great man. He still is. And obviously on holiday, I'd either go to Mozambique on holiday Mm -hmm. or Swaziland. But the Mozambique thing, only a bit later. It wasn't stable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like coming home and living with my cousins, they would always be in music. They were producing Mm. and et cetera. So you always had that. Always had that love. terms of the the cultural exchange because you're taken from from Mozambique which is right. predominantly which is predominantly Portuguese and That's it's right. very very different to what Swaziland is where where where, 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 where what languages did you speak was it Swati Swati and, uh, Siswati and, is Siswati these, these and the, English right, or was and it just Siswati it is Siswati and English mm-hmm. uh, obviously with um, Mozambique being Portuguese speaking, yeah. yes so how well, how did you manage the transition when you had to go home although it was at a later stage yeah. but there is that cultural difference when when you do slightly but for some reason um I think I adapted well because just family statistics. I mean, my, my, from my mom's side, you know, we've got a, a black and white mixture, you know, yeah. and then from my dad's side, we, they Pakistani, Saudi Arabian descent. Okay. Was mixed. So I pretty much have every sort of race got, in yeah, my got family. The best of all worlds. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yes. So uh, it was a, uh, how would I put it? Um, it was very mixed. Um, so um, I didn't really struggle that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, the good thing is that I'm very bilingual because of it. Yeah. And I appreciate that I can be sort of put in any sort of situation. Mm. And um, just adapt accordingly. Okay. My Afrikaans is very crippled though. That's but that's <laughs> a, We'll forgive you. So is mine. But, Don't worry about that. <laughs> but everything else is, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. All good. And now the type of music, what, 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 how would you classify your genre of music? Um, I'm a mainstream DJ, so I do sort of mainstream, like mainstream sounds from house to hip hop, R&B. Mm-hmm. But my genuine love is probably jazz, bossa nova. Mm-hmm. I love our music, uh, Kizomba. Sorry, what's, 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 what's a bossa nova? Bossa nova is basically your jazz, but a lot of, uh, Brazilian sort of traits. Okay. So it's slowed down. Um, it's a very, uh, very, uh, lively, very bubbly, very sensual. Mm-hmm. Uh, version of jazz. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know it, look it up. They've got beautiful music. Uh, let me give you an example. Yeah. Sergio Mendes. Okay. All right. Now nah, here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Artur Verocai. Yeah. And that's pretty much what the, the foundation of Bossa Nova yeah. Jazz. Yeah. And then also Kizomba. What is that? Kizomba mm-hmm. is, wow. Okay. <laughs> Where's going to fight with me on this one? Ah, what are you, I, I okay. want to hear your English. All right. No. Um, Kizomba is actually the Angolan term. Basically, we have our music where we sort of dance together. It's almost like jazzing and uh, lambada sort of style. Mm-hmm. Very sensual. Well, there's very different variations. Now, in uh, Mozambique, we call it pasada. Mm-hmm. And in Angola, they call it uh, kizomba. Well, okay. I think Angola and Cabo Verde, if I'm, if I'm, yeah. if I'm, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's our sort of music with our dialect. Um, and from Cabo Verde, they use more Creole, which is basically the native language with mm-hmm. French. Mm-hmm. And in, Go- in Angola, it's, it's mainly Portuguese yeah. with a couple of dialects thrown in it. Mm-hmm. And in Mozambique, we've got our own sort of in Portuguese, but then we have our variations which um, move into Marabenta and uh, basically a lot of Shangan and Tsonga influence. Oh, in wow. That. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite exciting. Well, we're going to play a, a Kazomba mix, which I found. Um, which I found, which you actually mixed yourself. Right. So yeah. just so our listeners can get a, a taste and a feel of, of the presence that we have in the room today. Ladies and gentlemen, a brief announcement. DJ Voodoo has arrived and is in the building. You remember me, don't you? What we're going to do now is go back.
Ouais, baby. T'as trop bon pour qu'elle m'ouvre le nez. Tu levera nos paraisons, nez. Assim já não me queres mais. Tu disse que é mais bonito, nez. Achas que ele tem dinheiro, nez. Porque já não me queres mais. iStore employs real people who love Apple products and sell Apple products like the Apple iPhone 6 and the Apple iPhone 6 Plus. So if you're looking to upgrade and going somewhere that doesn't specialize in Apple seems silly, it's because it is. Especially since you can take out or upgrade any contract on any network at iStore, even if you took it out somewhere else. iStore, why would you go anywhere else? Visit myistore.co.za for more info. T's and C's apply. 
Pan African Connect on cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the show. The time is 28 minutes past three. My name is Rosie Motena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. And today we're looking at Portuguese-speaking Africa. Yo, you need to go to my Instagram page. I just loaded up some <laughs> dance moves. <laughs> Kazomba. So tell me, were you, I mean, the way the two of you, like when you heard the different song, and we, we, I want to talk about the different artists that were featured in right. that mix, which was mixed by DJ Voodoo, by the way. Um, but were you brought up in a home where you were taught the different dance moves? Absolutely. I mean, by the time you can walk, you know how you know to, to dance, dance. Kizomba. <laughs> You're supposed you to. Know, yes. You have yeah. to know how to dance Kizomba. I think that when I, every time I came back from Portugal for the holidays in Angola, mm-hmm. my way to prove that I was still Angolan was by me dancing Kizomba. <laughs> like, okay, she's still one of ours. Okay. <laughs> I love that. So it, 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 it really, and it looks very sensual, mm. especially from, I, I know that every time there were Angolan parties and we would dance Kizomba, because mm. to the naked eye, it will look like your reggae grinding, like, like yeah. DJ Vuda and I were doing the PG version. It's more <laughs> sensual, but we fall in love with some with the music so much. Mm. And it, and there is a history between every song. There is yeah. a connection there where yeah. two total strangers can dance exactly the same way we were dancing. Mm. And then it literally is just about the movement. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a lot about Kizomba. Is that uh, we have this scenario where in the club well, you get a few jealous boyfriends now and then, but yeah. you could actually just walk up to a girl. Ask to dance, mm. and then you dance. Yeah, and it is purely just a song. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know our our way of life. We're very driven by music and food, mm. and dance dan- dance is very very big for it's us. Part yeah. of the culture. Yeah. It's, it's definitely part of the culture. Yeah, and and the choice of of artists that you used in this mix. Let's talk about that. Uh, basically, uh, most of them are from Angola. Viva Weza. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we've got there was quite a few guys from like. Galopa Squal, Tropical Band, and a couple other, uh, and, uh, Paulo Cabo Verde guys and mm-hmm. Paulo Flores, which is probably your biggest artist My ever within artist. our, within our sort of music. And, um, the tracks that you're listening to were more your classics. Right. Yeah. Basically, um, I think everyone has memories from, I mean, those tracks date down to at least, um, 10 years, some of them. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and the 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 radio situation in Mozambique is it like South Africa where it's well it's actually South Africa we don't pay enough of our local content. What is if if some, if you were go to Mozambique is it predominantly uh, Western or predominantly Portuguese Mozambique? I think it, well from 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 Mozambique side we're very balanced. We do have a lot of our own music which we play as well, but. South Africa's very, inf- I mean, sorry, Mozambique loves South African music. I okay. think with our borders sort of in close proximity, yeah. they love house, they love Kwaito, which is very surprising. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, like, but we're talking the older stuff, you no, know. No, but they're like, like, too Kwaito. <laughs> like, they like, <laughs> when they knew like your the authors, <laughs> et cetera, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dus, the, the, et cetera. The, the, the dons of Kwaito, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think of music is very balanced, but we do have a good, um, a balance mm. with, with between local, international, and yeah. West African music is also very big now. And, yeah, well, West African music's really it's taking over everywhere and if i if i may add we also have there's another genre to it which the french and congolese call zouk mm-hmm. which uh, which basically stems pretty much the whole of west africa yeah and that also gets played a lot into it might to 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 someone who doesn't understand portuguese it all sounds like one yeah yeah but it is it is pretty much a, a variation of languages and and, and mm. traditions and customs put into that mix yeah and yeah. and the school setups are the mozambique or angola from an early age what uh what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like culture and integration do they have at school at an early age? 
Uh, during my time, there was basically very little culture integration. Okay. Because I remember, I kept on thinking, we have so many influences in Angola, the Portuguese that colonized us, mm. the Brazilians that we grew up watching. And for a very long time, I used to criticize Angola a lot because I felt that there was a lack of cultural influence in Angola. Mm. Because if you go to Angola today, most of the people from my generation can only speak Portuguese. Wow. You can count. Found, it, it's a jewel when you find a young girl or a young man that can speak a traditional language mm. in Angola. And I'm speaking, when I say Angola, I'm saying mainly the capital, which yeah. is Luanda, exactly, which are the people that I'm mainly exposed to. But then I started going back to the time and realizing that we had war first during the colonization and then our civil war between 1975 and 2002. So all our figures that were there to give us that cultural backbone, they were out there fighting in the war. Mm. We lost our mothers, our dads, our grandfathers, our brothers. We lost the people that were supposed to force you, that they were supposed to force that cultural influence yeah. in the and schools. And to be that pillar, pillar. To be of, that pillar, yeah. exactly. So that even if the school system didn't have at home, mm. you would have something like that. And in mm. the school system, they literally were just focusing on trying to have people that knew how to read and write. Yeah. If you knew how to read and write, that was already a good enough thing. Mm. We have no more, we, we, we didn't have enough teachers and most of the teachers were always on strike. The ones that we had were not that educated. That's why you will find them going that had lived outside of Angola for such a long time because our parents knew that if we stayed in Angola, it it, it wasn't going to go anywhere. We yeah. were not going to be having the education to come back and try to, to build that country mm. from right. the ground up. So very little cultural influence. And I remember that if not for hearing my mom sometimes speaking traditional languages, I wouldn't pick up a thing or two, but I cannot mm. up to today speak a traditional language. And I, I would become so surprised when I would see a young kid yeah. speaking Zulu. I'm like, oh my word, like mm. I wish, I wish that was part of my bringing up. I wish I had that. Yeah. And going back to Angola, my cousins that lived in the provinces, the ones that could speak, I would be so jealous mm. of that. So jealous of the fact that they had something other than Portuguese. Yeah. But like, it's also, it's, yeah, exactly. it's also something, something that's so traditional it, and culturally. It, it takes you back to who you are. It yeah. takes you back to who you are. And I know that when we were colonized, obviously the Portuguese wanted everybody just to be speaking Portuguese so yeah. that people were not getting together and having little meetings and, and trying to overthrow mm. them or something like that. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And one I, thing, sorry to break it away. On, one thing on. that I think was, was that did last, which was I think a positive thing, was actually religion. Yeah. Christianity yeah, well, or yeah. in, in, to be more specific i'd say roman catholic yeah. Yeah. Uh, was 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 integrated from then and it's the only thing that sort of till today still runs and mm -hmm. it is very very big slightly different to mozambique and mozambique being on that coast of the um, east coast of mm -hmm. africa has a, a lot of islamic influence right 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 so obviously and, and i know there's not a lot of indians in angola mm. uh, yeah. but uh, um well when i say indians let me refer to the whole the continent Islam, the, the, yeah, yeah. Pakistan now in Mozambique, so Islamic and Christianity is mm. very big. But and I in terms envy of the Mozambique, religion, hey, I mean, there, there uh -huh. hasn't been any, well, maybe what I don't know, but there hasn't been any conflict in terms of the two religions from that. There. That's the one country that you don't hear of any conflict resolutions coming up, or am I, am I wrong? Not really. I don't know. Um, there's nothing, anything severe, mm. uh, mass murders, uh, yeah. bombings, etc., etc. Yeah. I think we're a very peaceful, loving nation, mm -hmm. right? Every 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 nation has its stress uh, at the current moment. What's very big and and it's it's something that's been adopted from Pakistan and India is the kidnappings. That's very big in Mozambique now. Mm. They're targeting. Um, at first, it was just mainly. Um, 
and, and I put it in brackets, Indian sort of base between rich business people kidnapping right, right. each other. Now it's actually moved on to anybody who has money. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. You know, well, that, so. that, that, that's a problem across Africa. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, becoming it's, very it's big. For many, many years, it was a big problem in Nigeria. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you if you person going to Nigeria and you don't have the protocol collect you, you can disappear into the yeah. Nigeria. Very quickly. <laughs> very quickly, very quickly yeah. Yeah. But you know what I love about, about, I mean, I've never been to Angola and I still need to get there. Yes, but what I loved do. about all my trips to Mozambique is that, as you said, that, that joy for life. Yeah. It's that for the first time I, I, I went to a club And like 9 o'clock in the morning You saw the old Bali still dancing. On the dance floor yeah. dancing Carrying on and, yeah. and where does that I mean Where does that idea And that philosophy come from? Oh well We like Like I say um, Eating music Is mm. very very big for us yeah. Like every nation can brag about their music But we do it like the level. wee hours of the morning. <laughs> yeah. I think Mozambique is that probably and Angola um, yeah. and or should I say countries colonized by Portugal, which we refer to as Balop countries. Mm. We have uh, we don't really have um, sort of time frames as to when uh, venues must close, yeah. etc. So yeah. we we do it till the wee hours of the morning, <laughs> nine ten. Until your, your legs can no, very tropical, relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember coming here and. We are so used to going partying in Angola like at midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and then leaving at nine, eight, mm. nine. Yeah. I would get to a club here at like two o'clock and, and people are leaving. ready to go. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <That> <laughs> I'd be true. so confused yeah. when I would see nine o'clock, ten o'clock kind of let's meet. I'm like, who goes out at that time? That's we, the time we're having dinner. dinner. <laughs> and then <laughs> we're having dinner at ten, eleven, then getting ready. Then we still sleep, mm. wake up at around Midnight, one o'clock in the morning, get dressed, Mm. all freshen up, and then go to the club so that you last until eight, nine. So it's that's that's now I get it. Why why you last so long? Yeah, we we, the South Africans are walking up at seven o'clock, and it's like let's check out our burritos, let's (laughs) eat our pot, and then three o'clock, we're like, what the hell? These people still going? Yeah, you guys are finished (laughs) at that time. But I also understand that music was our way of dealing with pain. Mm. I know that in my home we had a whole lot of politicians they were very unhappy with the state of the country going up and my dad would be on the piano somebody would be on the trumpet and they would sing they would sing their sorrows away they would sing about things that they're not allowed to talk about politically and the songs had a beat the songs had some kind of hope in it as kids we were taught we were taught songs of and gosh when i go back to those books as kids, we were thought that we would fight and die for a country and we would chant those things without even understanding mm. what it is. So I am so and so. If I, if a commander stops me, I will never reveal so and so. We are being taught these songs wow. growing up and we are being taught these songs in school. So music was more than just music to us. It, mm. was, it was a way of communicating, of expressing. Dancing is what we did when things were really bad so that we could laugh about our problems. Mm. So we literally danced our problems away. All of the dance moves, you, you, you will see dance moves where they're imitating like a, a disabled person or something like that. And for the naked eye, you can laugh about it, but everything it had, had a history. Had a meaning had, we had so many amputees that were coming back from the war mm. and so forth. So we took that pain and we turned it into music and into dance and we mm. tried to make something light out of it. Otherwise, we were going to be a very sad, angry, yeah. frustrated kind yeah. of population. Yeah. Nation. And it's also, it's also, excuse my language, but it's also putting the Middle finger up to the to the colonizers, Absolutely. saying, "Well, you could do you. You've done what you've done, but yeah. we're still going to rise." Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's exactly. incredibly powerful. We had a um, well. We still do. Like I, I was referring, I mentioned him in the mix. His name is Paulo Flores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's probably your biggest. Uh, 
well, fighter musically. Yeah, yeah. He's got into a lot of trouble for his music, yeah. but um, he's, he's, he makes beautiful music and it's, it's all about the struggle. Um, he talk, he'd make a song about water, wow. food. Yeah. And anything that, that was struggle based and but mm. beautiful music till today. Yeah. Some people got killed because of the music. Well that was that was gonna yeah. be my next point because I mean in South Africa we, we I mean we had our protest theatre and so forth, but then it got to a point where some of our actors and, and, and thespians had to leave the country. Yeah, you because know, I mean, our, my Miriam was phenomenal mm, in what she mm. what the message she put across. Right. She had to flee. Yeah. Yeah, in Angola you didn't have time to flee. <laughs> <laughs> There would before. literally, we all knew the story of artists or singers that would sing and people would put their songs on radio and it was, they were complaining about the government system and how things were going, mm. but in, in a, in a comedy kind of form. And I feel like in here, through comedy, you get away with a lot of things. In there, they are watching you, like you're not going to get away with it. Yeah. And it's no jokes. People the next day, whole families would disappear, not just the artist, the mother, the dad, the, the brothers oh, and take the cat too. Exactly. Exactly. Take the dog, the cat, and the neighbors would not know anything mm. about it because they were. Well, they were too scared. Exactly, to say they were too scared to say anything. So for a very long time, just for you to have songs and songs that you can dance to about what was going on, mm. songs laughing about the suffering and the fact that you have no water, no electricity, no food, no whatever, mm. that was taken as a direct threat to the president or to whatever else. So. Mm. Paulo Flores and a lot of those artists, they were putting their lives at risk when, when they were singing about that. Wow. And, and many times it was just melancholic. They weren't trying to stir up something. Mm. They, were just they, were just, they were just using their exactly. right to speak, their voice. Exactly. That's it. People yeah. were opening their eyes to the fact that, you know what, even though we are laughing, mm. actually it is not funny. Things are not, are not really good in here. And it's Paulo serious. can take you there. Yeah. Paulo Flores is, is one of the, of the judges for the voice Angola. And mm. I am obsessed with this man because he managed through music just to teach so much. And he took us back to our culture. He would Beautiful. purposely sing in our traditional languages, forcing us to go back and try to understand what he was saying because his voice is so beautiful. You want to understand every mm. single yeah. word. He's your Frank Sinatra. I was just going to yeah. say, who, who would you describe yeah. Frank Sinatra, but yeah. uh, let's say... Um, mix him with, with Oliver Mtukuti. Oh, wow. That sort yeah. of feel. Yeah. Beautiful music, but has substance. Yeah. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of music nowadays just, even the stuff that he releases now. Yeah, yeah. it still has, it still has a lot of substance. Well, he's, yeah. he comes from the old school. Yeah. Yes, he is very old yeah. school. Yeah. I, mean, still I want to talk about the, the voice, but before we get there, mm. let's talk about the music production side. I mean, uh, compared to the work that you do here and the music production that you do in Mozambique. Uh, basically, uh, what I've I've become involved in a, a little project uh, called, well, a band to put it. It's called Prom Nights. Mm -hmm. We into music production. Our sound, fairly enough, is not of South African. It's not a South African sort of bass. Mm. It's very you know, sort of UK house. Okay. Um, that's the sort of feel that we're doing it with electronic, um, you know, think uh, Gorgon City, think mm -hmm. uh, who. Disclosure That yeah. is sort of okay. our sound okay. A very beautiful yeah. Sort of sound And that's pretty much What I'm busy working in At the yeah. moment And I've got one of your mixes And it's called The Carnival Latin What What? Let's talk about that Before we play Oh that is That is quite a As a beautiful mix Just to show How uh, how integrated we are, yet we don't know it. Yeah. For instance, the Carnival Latin mix, basically, it's your Carnival House classics, which were very big in South Africa. Mm. Uh, your house remixes of Cesare Evora, Sang yeah. de Berona. Well, I, I was just, it just showed my age yeah. because when I was doing the research, I was like, oh my God, yes, I remember. You remember I'm those songs? This yes. One, yeah. Like, uh, Nichinha, mm. Musica Feliz. Uh, they were, I'd say, probably bigger here. 
because of the the remixes and the affiliations that the producers had with South Africa. Yeah. But it is that is it, it, uh, when I do mixes, I sort of like to take you through a journey, mm. and I think that mix uh, was of a specific period in SA. Let's say. Um, early 2000s, mm-hmm. which is like your explosions, all those uh, electric circus, those parties downtown. Um, mm. That was that sort of era. Yeah, the Carfax, but, all of that. But yes, exactly. Yeah. No, not Carfax, electric, workshop, electric, electric workshop, workshop. Sorry, that's yeah, it, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. The first fresh house flavors, yeah. etc. That was the sound. It. And then I actually ended it off with um, a, a samba track and then a remix of 340s more Midnight just to yeah. sort of soothe it out. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a listen to that. It's the DJ Voodoo Carnival, Carnival Latin House Mix. Ladies and gentlemen, a brief announcement. DJ Voodoo has arrived and is in the building. You remember me, don't you? What we gonna do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. Back to the show. It is fifteen forty-seven, and in studio we have the gorgeous Weza Solange, and we have DJ Budu. We've been talking about Portuguese-speaking Africa, and something very exciting that's been happening for the last five to ten years. 
people have been trying to connect with Angolan television, finding out what can be done. But one of the things, I think the biggest barriers that's, that have happened is the language barrier. Absolutely. And, you know, I know MultiChoice has, has, has had, had difficulties getting there, all sorts of other, other areas. But with, with the diaspora and with people moving around the continent, there's more of a scope for people within South Africa wanting to watch Portuguese channel. Yeah. And now the voice, yeah. the international brand. I think let's, let's, let's touch on that for a bit. Yeah. Let's start with that. I, I was so excited when they decided to take the voice mm. to Angola. And I mean, usually shows like that, we don't even, it like, it never gets to Angola. Yeah. We've never been a part of, of such productions predominantly because of the language yeah. and because countries found it so hard to just get into the minds of people and understand what's going on. And I'm so happy that the business sense of multi-choice is coming and they realize that Angola is a huge market, Angola and Mozambique. Everything yeah. that they do for Angola, they do equally the same for Mozambique yeah. as well. But also what people don't realize, it's a, it's a lucrative market. I Angola is not cheap. Yeah. Angola, Angola, yeah. if, you, if you're going to make money Angola, <laughs> it's some serious dollars. Listen, there. Luanda, yeah. which is the capital of Angola, is still the most expensive city in the world. Do you yeah. understand? And that is not something to brag about because it's still Africa and there is still a lot of poverty. Mm. But just for you to have an idea of you spend a lot of money, but there is an incredible amount of money to be made there. And I think that multi-choice has tapped into mm. that and they are going crazy with the amount of shows that they are doing yeah. for Angola. They started with Big Brother Angola. We've always had Big Brother Africa, mm. but we it got lost in translation again because of the language. Yeah. They brought Big Brother Angola, did the whole production here in South Africa, meaning they flew everybody in from people, from production because everybody needs to speak Portuguese and so mm. forth. And now they did the same with The Voice Angola. The Voice Angola is huge because it's the first time The Voice is coming to Africa obviously yeah. and they decided to start with Angola then go to South Africa and so forth. Mm -hmm. But logistically, it is uh, the kind of production that requires millions and millions just to put together because yeah. no, you start with a pre-selected uh, audition in Angola mm -hmm. of over 100 people. Yeah. Over these 100 people, they come here to South Africa with family members, two to three family members each. Wow. Now, because they wanted to make it authentic, the voice Angola, they didn't just stick to the capital, which is what they usually do. Mm. They went to those remote provinces to find that raw talent. And these are people that had no IDs, no passports. These are people that were living in the rural area. That is powerful. I've actually got goosebumps. You know, that is powerful. And those are the most amazing voices that mm. never had any training but you have people singing opera and and we are just being blown away by how much talent we have in that country so you had to take these people put their papers right and then bring them all here to SA mm. and some of them it was the first time that they had been on a plane yeah much less on a television show but they have never learned i mean if they went into the rural areas maybe it's the first time they've even been to a city to a city yeah, let's exactly that let's is start powerful yeah love it so it was it was but for me what made so many of us cry so many times was that oh my word there is so much hidden talent you know musically we've always had your Paulo Flores and your Yola Semedo but we never thought that we had the kind of musicians that you would equal to your Mariah Carey's mm. and your Beyonce's mm. and your so forth people that could reach that kind of tune because our songs have never been about Belgian and or who can sing the the loudest and so forth but yeah. we have that talent we have people that do not speak a word in English singing perfectly English songs wow these are people that do not even know how to read and write some of them mm. but that is what globalization is doing to the point with 
people, thanks to TV and the internet, are exposed to what's going on around the world. And the voice, on, the voice itself, but in Angola, is proof that language really is not a barrier yeah. when it comes to music. In fact, especially when it comes to music. Especially and, when and the it fact comes that the music. rest of Africa is actually understanding that yeah. we shouldn't be fearing the Portuguese yeah. speaking. Is that the we can country, actually learn a lot? Exactly, you know? exactly. So the voice Angola has been a huge success. Mm. Angola itself it's, is realizing that we have so much potential. Yeah. We have to invest more on these people. There is not a lot of investment when it comes to music schools. Yeah. When it, we do not have a lot of those. That is still an area that is very much open. Mm. So you will not find it like, I think that even here in SA, sometimes it's easier because now you have more music schools. You can put a kid in a music school from the age of 9 or 10. Mm. In Angola, you hardly see that. So the select few that do have that privilege they are like amongst the top mm. and i think that shows like the voice angola not only do they promote that kind of talent but they promote other business revenues because now people are going like wait a second mm. we can start investing in this and on that we have enough of a crowd enough mm. of a public to start investing into their culture a lot of the kids had to run away from home to come to the voice angola because yeah. parents do not believe in music as well, a I was way just of gonna making say, because a it's living. going back to the old tradition exactly. and that's not just angola it's across Africa. Exactly. It's like, no, if you're not a teacher, if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, yeah, music so is a exactly. hobby. <laughs> it is a hobby. That is not, I mean, my, my own family until two years ago was mm. still telling me for me to send my CV so that they could get me a proper job, wow. a, a respectable job in Angola. <laughs> Seriously, that is what they did. Yeah. So those kids, some of them had to beg their family members to come and support them because mm. it, it is still a TV production. And for you to see, like, a 70-year-old man that has not been exposed to this, oh. seeing the kid on stage, crying either because they got accepted or rejected. And you can see it in the eyes that it's the first time that they're linking up and realizing just how important mm. it is. And you don't see that kind of emotion from Angolans. We are used to seeing our parents not cry, not mm. show emotion. That is not. like We are very physical in as a young yeah. people, but there is still a certain level of, of respect between the elders where we're not like buddies. We don't cry about stuff. Mm. So it is bringing a new side of emotion, mm. which is absolutely beautiful and it it's bringing up a lot of old wounds music always does that yeah. it always goes back to why did you not believe in me why did you not think it was possible so the voice angola it's contributing in ways that people cannot even imagine i don't imagine. even think Mal's choice realized they did exactly not realize what they reach. had in their hands until it started literally developing before their very eyes mm, and just everybody unfolding. realized unfolding oh my word this is gold you could <laughs> and see when, when it. is when is it going to be when's the first tx okay so the first tx for the live shows is going to be now in january mm -hmm. right now we are running the pre-recorded section which is the blinds and then the battles mm -hmm. so from the second of january it goes live people can start voting and it's going to be amazing beautiful we're going to support that definitely and in fact oh, by the way i'm the, the v reporter for the voice well the, like i know that so what we're going to do is when when we when when it airs, Texas first show will bring you back into studio. Most and definitely. It. And for you, my DJ Budol, where can we catch you? Uh, Lopulance and Santon. Yeah, the, I host the Opulent Thursdays at La Opulence, which is a new lounge uh, in the Legacy Corner, Santon City. Beautiful, uh, sophisticating, <coughs> adult dining. I recommend it to anybody if you're in Johannesburg. Great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, it is de definitely very much more mature vibe. Uh, mm. It's an early evening thing. It's not a nightclub. I always tell people that. Mm. It's, nice. a, it's more restaurant-based, mm. firstly. 
because we have amazing amazing food and obviously then there's a music element into it so it's it's it, it's basically a restaurant come lounge mm-hmm. and we do have the the facilities should it uh uh, escalate into something Yeah And I think it's great Because it's um, It's in Santon City It's mm-hmm. central There's great parking The security is great And, and it's safe That's the main and thing It's, yeah. it's safe and right. your Uber can drop you right outside. Yeah, yeah. right. Drink and drive. Yeah, just, just <laughs> drop you the Da Vinci. Press three in the elevator. That's it. I love it. It's quite simple. And yeah. for fans, what is your Twitter handle? Oh, for fans, uh, Weza W E Z A underscore Solange S O L A N G E. That is for Twitter. That is for Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me on Weza Solange as well. Email Weza Bookings at gmail dot com. And yep. Fantastic. And you? And me, it's, um, ironically, I'm from Mozambique, but my handle is DJ at DJ Voodoo SA. <laughs> That's V-O-O-D-O-O-S-A. So I live here. This mm-hmm. is where I apply my trade and I've pretty much been here most of my life. And that's for all mediums. Yeah. Easy. So Twitter, Facebook. Otherwise, uh, just follow. So. It's, all, it's all on my different pages and you can see their beautiful pictures. And I've also posted that fantastic little dance that they did for us in studio. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for this having us. Really and really thank you for allowing us to show um, another aspect of it. Um, Mm. Of Mozambique Beautiful and I mean Africa is just like it's, it's exploding It is And it is. we're at the forefront Of just pushing it forward And, and believing it So, yeah. And I'm so happy That we're all Happy to be Africans It is a great time To be Finally. African Finally <laughs> It is a great what time What a time we To be alive <laughs> We're embracing each other It's yeah. beautiful It really is Absolutely That's it for me If you'd like to Get get a hold of me My Twitter handle Is PrincessRTM Otherwise we will see you Next week Same time Same place Bye <laughs> Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com.